Welcome to the Seedcast, brought to you by Armor Seed. All right, so here we are this morning uh, with the very first Armor Seedcast. And we're real excited about this this morning. We've got uh, Jason McGee here, and he and I are going to visit a little bit about soybean traits, something that uh, we don't feel like a lot of farmers have enough information around. So we're going to have a conversation about that. And I, I just want to take a second here to introduce Jason. Uh, Jason's a uh, consultant here in Northeast Arkansas and also farms some, probably one of the most highly respected agronomists in the state, probably actually the nation if he was, um, if he was covering that kind of area. He's very knowledgeable about what we're going to talk about today, and um, I think it'll be a very good conversation. So uh, one first thing I talked about with Jason and I this morning before we got on, we were having a conversation about when we kind of got started knowing each other. We've actually kind of farmed together and done some other things. But what, what year was that, Jason? When did you start to work for the Extension Service? 2001. So 2001, he went to work for Cross County. No, I take that back, 1998. 98, went to work for the, for the Extension Service in Wynn. That's right? correct. And I think we met on the turn road behind my house in Hickory Ridge, yep, if I'm not you mistaken. Were putting field days together for Cullum Seeds. That's right. So it's been a while. So we long time. We got a lot of experience together. Don't hold that against us right no. on this deal. But anyway, we're going to uh, segue into these uh, traits right quick and just have a just a kind of a general conversation about traits as they've evolved over the years and, and talk about each one of the traits individually, talk about some pros and cons, and really just kind of get Jason's take on how to manage these traits and, and what, from a farming standpoint, they can be an advantage. Does that sound, sound like something we can handle? You bet. All right. So let's talk about uh, kind of the old traits first, because I guess Roundup Ready probably came out, what, Jason, 95, 96? Yeah, I don't think it really hit the market hard till what, 97 and 98, probably. You know, there were still quite a few conventional beans being grown when I started. And then it just, uh, within a year or two, yeah, they you took didn't off. see them anymore. That's right. So, the first trait was Roundup Ready and took the market by storm, 90, right. 95% of yes. the acres. And kind of crazy, we still sell those today. That's correct. Uh, so, it's kind of interesting. So, we'll talk about that a minute. What? When you think about Roundup Ready, you know, what could a Roundup Ready, single-trait Roundup Ready soybean be used for today? Well, you know, the guys that uh, have kept their, they've been fortunate enough to keep their farms, you know, pigweed-free, call it a closed environment or whatever you want to call it. They just don't have pigweed pressure like a lot of areas do. Uh, that that trait still fits for, for grass control with, without question, and it still brings a lot to the marketplace from a standpoint of sickle pod and teaweed control. You know, those were some of the weeds that were very difficult to control in a conventional system. Lamb's quarter, you can't control in a conventional system. And so, you know, people remember that. You know, those guys those guys that have always, you know, that, that used to grow all those conventional beans, they remember the holes in the system. They've not forgotten it. Yeah, I agree. And, and from the standpoint of maybe thinking about where it doesn't fit today, and I assume it'd kind of be the opposite of that, where you got a bad pigweed situation. Yeah, you know, pigweed would be be what has shifted guys to other technologies, or you know, there's a few that have migrated back to conventional beans because they they feel like they can keep those clean, you know, stacking and overlaying prees. But there's not a lot of those. Mainly, it's it's the pigweed situation that's driving people away from from Roundup. Yeah. What What do you think about um, you know, I I don't know if this is obvious or not, but the 
the price of Roundup Ready soybean seed has come down over the years for sure. You take a guy like that's in a dry land situation, will that work now or is that a problem with the chemistry? You got to have some rain to, 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 you know, I, you know, that's a, you know, dry land soybeans to me in Arkansas are a double edged sword. You know, if you're fortunate enough to be on the right side of the planting date and the rainfall, yes, it works, but it's just hard for me to wrap my mind around planting, you know, dry land soybeans. I look at a dry land soybean field and think it, be a better fit for a Bermuda grass hay field, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, there's just not a lot of uses. I not, guess that's the point. That's now, right. Is for re- for single trait Roundup today. Yeah, it's hard. It's, of, it's harder to place. That's yes. right. And then I know you yourself have had a little experience with conventional soybeans. That's right. Is is that today? You know, I I remember back in the mid '90s, where basically if you planted conventional soybeans, you just weren't going to get any grass control. Uh, is that gotten a little better? Yeah, you know, the grass control's really not been the problem in the conventional system. It's mainly been the weeds that, that, that you know, unfortunately a lot of the guys my age have forgotten about. It's been tea weed, sickle pod, things like that that kind of get up and bite them. Um, you know, I, I've been able to grow them pretty successfully, but it was the, you know, pigweed resistant to the single trait roundup that, taught us we could kind of go back and grow conventional beans we were having to overlay pre's in that system and you know we were seeing what that was doing for us and and if you'll treat the conventional acres like we kind of had to treat the roundup acres where the guys were keeping those acres clean you know you can you can grow a few conventionals in some of those places but again it's it's teaweed lamb's quarter sickle pod you know those are the weeds that kind of get a guy in trouble and if you ask probably your average guy you know what weed history is there on that field they probably can't tell you they don't know so they learn learn it the hard way that's right so shifting away from the chemistry a little bit and back to what most people are looking for in soybeans is yield your experience here i think it's fairly obvious that the roundup ready system uh, the yields haven't advanced because there's not been any research put into that but there have been a few new conventional soybeans what what's your thought on conventional genetics are they better well i i wouldn't say that they're necessarily any better you know it's is is if the choices that are available fit your particular soil type they yield and they yield well you know the the limiting factor to the conventional genetics again it, it comes down to choice you know farms are getting to a size where you know it's a little bit um they don't have a a single soil type, you know. They 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 may have farms spread apart fifteen miles, and that fifteen miles makes a lot of difference. And so, that conventional soybean rarely, you know, fits all those acres. And when you look at the Roundup system, Roundup dicamba system, many of those systems, there's just so many varieties to choose from. Generally, I've I have felt like that's where a lot of the yield advantage comes from. It's just simply choice. It's just agronomic choice. Yeah, I think and and just so the people listening know that that comes from uh, the money that is being put into research these days is is but, more put into the areas that the farmers buy more of. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, that's so correct. It's a there's just not as many people working with single trait roundups and conventionals as there were in the past. Matter of fact, most of the you know, most of the industries, industry companies are not working with conventionals at all. No. On our side, on the armor seat side, we're one of the only people that sell conventional again. And and really, I think maybe one of the only people that have Roundup Ready. Most people I, don't even mess with that anymore. I, I believe that's right. Yeah. 
Any any final thoughts about those two traits before we transition to something else? No, I just I just think if you grow conventional, you just need to be aware of the varieties. They're just limited, and you got to know where they work, and you're gonna have to make them work. You know, in that system. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Let's let's transition to uh, one that's probably a little bit more familiar with the people of farming today, and that's single trait liberty. Uh, single trait liberty beans were—I don't know—they came out probably in 20, 2009, 2010, Some, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in, there. in that range. And uh, from what I saw, just from the beginning, the chemistry itself worked really well. Is that what your yeah, experience was? You know, it's probably the most underutilized, uh, you know, pigweed control mechanism we have. Um, you know, it—it's it, a little challenging to apply and apply correctly you need more water volumes harder to cover the same amount of acres with a sprayer um you know you can tank mix grass herbicides that's its weakness is the grasses you can tank mix grass herbicides with it the unfortunate part is that it's generally a liberty link field is next to a rice field and you know if a single trait you know if just liberty goes across a rice field Generally, no harm, no foul. It turns a little bit orange, and you're you're good to go. But if you put a grass herbicide with it, it carries the grass herbicide with it. And so that's been, you know, a little bit of a problem uh, year in and year out. But the the weed control system, if you put a plant in place right on the front side, it works. It'll be clean. Yeah, kind of the knock on Liberty when they first got started was the volume issue spraying, right? That's right. The economics that's right. for the sprayers didn't work very well which we understand oh yeah yeah you know you take guys using commercial applicators and it's not the commercial guy's fault you know he's got a he's got a mountain to climb and acres to get across and when you throw something in there that you know changes what he's doing it's hard oh and and you know we ran retail store we weren't in the chemistry business but just trying to deliver seed you know there's not enough hours in the day so anything you can do to pick up speed is is what we try to do but it it does seem like that that was one of the determining factors behind Liberty not gaining that share. I think the best uh, that Liberty ever got in this part of the world was probably about 20% market share. Yes. And for that, you used the term earlier, underutilized. And certainly from the chemistry standpoint, that's the case. Yeah, and, there, and there's still pockets that, that use the single trait Liberty, and it, and, it, and it works for those guys, but it, but it is it – is, it does create some difficulties when you're when you're you know dealing with other people and those those other people you know they've got all this other stuff to do and you know and the the windows you have with Liberty are are pretty small you know it's a sequential program you know in my opinion those applications need to be made ten days apart and weather and other customers being in line in front of you, you know there's just a lot of things that stack up to make that system a little more challenging you know than what they what what they've been used to with some of the other systems a little bit of a tangent here but what what's your feeling you know one of the things you just mentioned about the the spray timings and really is a uh, one of the hindrances that's been to trait packages is having multiple traits on farms because you can't you have to manage two different things you think that's going to get better you think that's going to get any easier no i don't um you know when you do what i do and you manage uh you know, a multitude of acres and a multitude of systems. Um, you know, I've seen everything. Well, I say I've seen everything go wrong. It can go wrong. I see something new every year. But I, I, you see a lot of the mistakes that get made. 
and that's another another problem I think is you know when you're growing Roundup and Liberty I've sprayed I've seen Roundup being sprayed with Liberty I've seen Liberty being sprayed with Roundup I've seen non-STS beans you know sprayed with the wrong herbicides you know you name it the mistakes happen and so you know it's uh if you go back to that old philosophy of keep it simple stupid you know it's hard to make a lot of those mistakes and i use that same philosophy on my own farm as much as i can because there's a lot of layers there and um you know and it's easy to you know when you're in the heat of the battle you know you're you know you're just firing off making multitudes of decisions every single day it's very easy to forget that you know hey that was uh that oddball field in amongst all these others and here we are yeah it's gonna make our discussion a little later when we get down to these new traits interesting because that's what yeah. in my opinion that's going to be the that, i do think it's more difficult than it used to be yes yeah i do too so uh transition away from the pros and the cons there a little bit let's let's talk about the genetics on liberty a little because i think that's something in our trade i really don't think people realize this so in the industry they made a decision uh, to stop breeding with single trait liberty about five years ago uh, we i felt like that was a mistake then and I see it today that I think it's even a bigger mistake because the Liberty beans that we're growing and selling today are the same ones we've sold five or six years ago. And there's just been no genetic gain whatsoever. Is you, you feel the same way on that? I, I do. And, I, and again, I think the same thing plagues that system that would plague a conventional system. It's just a lack of choices. You know, you need more choices. You know, at the grower level, certainly you need more choices. It's just hard to find those beans that are one size fits all i guess we shouldn't be surprised though the industry moves toward new stuff all the time whether it's equipment or bigger faster stronger kind of what we look at so i shouldn't be surprised but i just think like you said earlier the underutilization of that trait has probably been one of my bigger disappointments in the in my career because i know ford ballin who we both know he I, i used to go to his uh, talks about ignite when because liberty used to be called ignite and he used to say it burned down a fence post that's right you, know, you had to keep it off your fence post and so it's just been it's been underutilized there's no and, doubt and i agree as an agronomist it's been underutilized you know when i'm stacking four and five different labeled pre's under a roundup bean to try to keep a pigweed out when i could make two timely liberty applications and do the same thing you know it's pretty simple i mean yeah. it, you know on and paper and we're to the point now where that decision is really dictated based on the yield difference, right? In some of the so, other ones, yes. right? So, okay, well, that makes that that's that's really good. Uh, let's transition, talk a little bit um, about spend the rest of our time on some of the new traits. Some of these are in the market. Some of these are coming to the market. You know, Jason and I uh, both have some experience with these from uh, the industry side. We 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 hear what the industry is telling us, and we will kind of visit about those and see where they fit. So. This this year, 2019, there's going to be a new trait sold into the market. It's being called GTLL27. It's Liberty stacked with Roundup. First time we've had those two stacked together. And we actually have HPPD stacked on that product too, which nothing's labeled for that. So we can't, we can't right. endorse that. We're not endorsing that, but it is there. And I have, uh, I kind of have some pretty good hopes for that i think it's going to fit in some spots what do you think about that one? well i think the system you know i think that system can can function pretty well and i think the way the weather patterns particularly this year are lining up it can function well you know we've we've stayed wet for a long time it's going to be a challenge to have very many 
early soybean acres, getting active pre-emerged herbicides out as you climb into May and especially June, you know, it, it's, it's hard to plant into an activated pre or hard to get a pre activated behind the planter. Either way you want to look at that. And that system creates some options. You've got the Liberty for pigweed control post, and then you have Roundup for grass control post, you know, and that's kind of a win-win uh, situation, I believe. And I especially believe that as this planting date moves later, I think that becomes more important. Yeah, I agree. Would you? Can you think of any cons for that trait package? I, from a chemistry standpoint, I really haven't been able to come up you with know, much. Not really, unless people you know, go to trying to tank mix Liberty and Roundup and, you know, just the the way Liberty works and the way you have to spray it with those higher water volumes, you have a tendency to run into a little bit more drift. And I think what guys need to be conscious of is as the Liberty moves, whatever you have tank mixed with it will move also. You know, if you could make those applications separate, you know, it, it would probably uh, help you keep at peace with your neighbor. Yeah, I think some of that thought process I'm not as familiar with the cotton country, but I think they've been doing a little tank mixing over there some, yeah. and that's where that's come from. I think yeah. it's been fairly successful as a chemistry. Yes, just and the I, and I think it would be where you, you know, generally in those cotton-type environments, they they have a tendency to monocrop or everybody's kind of the same genetic package around you. You know, when you get into these more diverse areas, just be aware if you're if you're making the application in favor of the Liberty, the way you have to set your sprayer up, you know, you you just need to be aware that you can carry a little roundup across to your neighbor and you need to know what's over there. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Do you, I know we haven't seen a lot of the genetics, uh, even myself being in the seed trade, I haven't seen a lot of the genetics, but what do you hear just when you're out talking, there's been some people grow seed yes. obviously around us. Uh, we're, we were big in the seed growing business and you've grown some seed too. What have you heard in the industry from well, the genetics the, the, standpoint? The, I, I'm somewhat limited there also, but what I have heard in the in in the, from a seed grower's perspective that you know they've yielded in that environment. I've never seen that technology in you know earlier planted systems and you know how how's it going to hang in there with some of the elite genetics that are out there today that I could not answer, but I, I do think I do think they're making some gains and I think the you know if you're Comparing it in a seed production environment, I think the yields have been adequate. Yeah, I think the the challenge there is that from what the industry is telling us, we're probably between a little above single trait liberty, but maybe not at the elite level. Yeah, and that, but and that where they need sense. where they need this kind of chemistry, it it might be good enough. Oh, and I think as you get into a later planting date, I think it's more difficult for genetics to separate themselves. Yeah, I agree, because you're just not going to have the time. No, for it it's not get... genetics that limits your yield. That's right. At that's that right. point, that's generally. Exactly. That's right. Good good conversation. So uh, probably the most well-known trait today, right now, and of course some of that's for the good and some of that's for the bad, is the uh, extend trait, which is dicamba roundup. Uh, that's been one that's had a little had a little controversy around it in the farming community because it's it's an older chemistry that is not always easy to keep where we want it to stay but when you think about let's let's spend a little time here on on the on the pros and then we'll talk about the cons but what from your standpoint as an agronomist what what kind of pros does the extend system bring to the farm well if you're looking at just the herbicide system you know it's uh 
you know, it's clean. You know, they kind of told us it wouldn't be as good a pigweed material as we thought it would. The the limited time I, I actually got to look at it, it did work, you know, and we I was well pleased with that. It was an earlier planted system, you know, and I think, you know, you're going to be able to make uh, those herbicide applications in an early planted system when the weather's cooler, you know, there's going to be a little bit more control there. And so I, I do think there's 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 benefit when we're fortunate enough to get these beans planted early. You know, as we move late, that's where the challenges are going to come in. And, you know, and this year's lining up that way for those challenges. When you get to those hotter days, you know, I, I think that, that, that system's going to be a little harder to control. And that is its biggest con. You know, genetically speaking, you know, you can, it's not very hard to tell. That's where a lot of effort has been placed. Uh, there are varieties that, that, you know, we, we make decisions to plant because there is not a better variety to plant on that acre. We're doing it just based off yield, you know, and, and most times we, we're, we're doing what we can to control the pigweed other ways, you know, and we're not thinking about, you know, are we going to make an application of some kind of dicamba you know we're, we're, we're that's not even entering the conversation you know this is the best bean for that acre you know and we're we're putting beans in today in 70 and 80 plus bushel environments and you know and we're choosing those varieties regardless of technology and 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 right now i do think the best genetics are in that system as a whole well there's no i don't you know, obviously there would be some argument from the other trade providers, and, well, we, and, and we understand that, yeah. and we sell them all. So it's one of those scenarios where I think a lot of times people think we push towards something, but we really don't. We want, we want what fits best for the grower. Um, the Extend system, in my experience, has had the best genetics, but, you know, we have to, as an industry, we have to figure out a way to weigh that against uh what we're doing to our neighbors too so we we got to think about that and, and from a con standpoint i i'm assuming uh, you could just correct me here if you're if i'm wrong but that the biggest con is keeping it where we need it to be yeah and, you know at, and, the, at the end of the day and somebody may throw a rock or two at me over this statement but at the end of the day i don't care how you reformulate or how you package dicamba when you're in a hot environment you know when you're in a environment where dicamba is going to move dicamba is dicamba i could care less what jug it's in and i think a you know a grower needs to realize that you know and, and even though the plant boards made concessions they realize it they've you know they you know they're put in a bad spot too with some of the decisions that's had to be made but as a grower if you got non-dicamba crops around you just need to remember dicamba is dicamba you know it's not what you're doing the day you're spraying. It's what's the weather going to be two, three, four, five days after. And yeah, I think I think people need to be aware. That's, That's what you're trying yeah, to say. Just, yeah, just, and sometimes I think in the you know, heat of battle, it's hard to be as that, aware that, as we need right. to be. be. Be smart. Be mindful. You know, as a general rule, growers I deal with they don't they don't they don't want to hurt a neighbor. They don't want to hurt a household. They don't want to hurt a garden. You know, they're they're trying to be mindful of those things. You know, dicamba is going to be one of the more challenging herbicides to apply and at the same time be mindful. Yeah. It's uh it's just kind of ironic that 
you have the best yielding genetics genetics with maybe the, the little the, bit more difficult product well the most yeah it's a little you know it's controversial i would say i would say some level i would say and of course obviously with roundup back in the day it kind of started out that way i don't know if this is going to happen my hope is that that we learn to use it a little better maybe and it'll yeah. it'll it'll help some but that still remains to be seen obviously. that's correct um great conversation by the way i appreciate your candor there on on extend there's some people who would back away from that conversation and yeah well, we've we really I, never been one to back away from much no i'm pretty easy it is what it is that's that's so. exactly right that's right so uh well let's let's talk about a couple of things here that uh are coming down the pipeline we've got the enlist technology that'll be um really the bulk of the seed production will be in 2019 the released products will be in 2020 there are a few products that might be out there in, in 2019 i know we've got a few that are going to get tried but when you think about the enlist technology which is roundup liberty and 24d packaged together which for those out there that don't know 24d's kind of had its issues in the past some too it's 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 kind of along the same chemistry lines as dicamba just doesn't have some of the the real issues but the uh enlist product what do you see the pros and the cons there being for enlist? You know, in a non-cotton area, you know, I feel like that, you know, from an agronomist standpoint, I feel like that product's going to be the most user-friendly. So if you're in a rice soybean area, you know, we, we, we've sprayed countless acres of rice with 2,4-D at mid-season with soybean fields adjacent to it. You may roll up a few beans and come back a week later and you can't tell anything happened. You know, a, soy, a non-2,4-D or non-enlist soybean will be much more tolerant to a little bit of that drift, I believe, than it ever will dicamba. I just believe out of ground rigs, you're, you're just not going to have the trouble in that system that we have with the extend system. I, I, you know, I'm actually excited about the technology if the genetics can catch up. I, I believe that system... You know, you got multiple modes of action. You can control grass. You can control broad leaves. Um, it, it just gives you a lot of opportunity to have fields look like they did in the early 2000s when Roundup was everywhere and, and killing everything. You just didn't see a grown-up bean field. Right. And, you know, and uh, I believe that's going to give us an opportunity to, to do that again. You touched earlier a little bit on that late planting stuff. You bet. I mean, having that. Uh, having just, that triple stack in there really helps it, with that you, late. Oh, planting. you bet. You know, you know, the way we grow soybeans today, if you're, if you're not in a position where you can apply extend or you don't plant Liberty beans, you know, having that system, you know, we, we have to rely entirely on pre-emerge herbicides to control pigweed with this system. When you get late and you know, you can't count on a pre-emerge herbicide working it, it you know, it shifts the ball back into your court. You're 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 able to control the weeds that come up. I think one of the things that that I think about moving forward with when you take extend and you add enlist to the mix, it it kind of makes the two single traits obsolete. Yes, is that you feel that way? I, I mean, Roundup and Single Trait Liberty are quickly going to move go away. I believe you, that's correct. Yeah. Yes, I don't really see there's any. Any risk. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, not you and I, but another guy in the industry and I were talking about, you know, if you had the option to plant in list versus single trait liberty, just from an agronomy standpoint, 
having those other options in season are a big deal. Yeah, well, they, they are a big deal, and, I, and growers need those options, and they recognize they need those options. You know, I have growers call me every day, you know, and they, you know, it took them a little while to adopt that, planting through an activated pre, and a lot of people say don't do that. We've, we've learned to do it. We're cleaner when we do it. And I have growers now that, you know, this is, this situation's been hard, and they call and say, what do I do now? And, you know, and some of these other systems are going to give you that, what do we do now? It's kind of a little bit off topic a little bit, but uh, I always come back, we, we talk about these traits and how we as scientists and people that can make advances, but in the re, in the in the real world the weeds always win don't they that's Isn't that right. interesting uh, i know ford's told us yeah, i've heard him say that multiple times that you can do what you do but the weeds the weeds are going to find a way to grow they do so and it's just do. us coming up with more and more ways to to tackle those that's and right. who knows how many trait stacks we'll have at some point no, in this, in this industry but anyway I, I i agree with jason on the enlist it's new i the i think it's a uh, a product that can really help us in the trade if we can get the genetics behind it. So look, transition into that a little bit. The genetics are something that we don't know a lot about. We haven't seen a lot of that. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that progresses. If you think about the tr the trade in general, normally in our trade, the threes and the twos have been first. You've, got, right. you've had really good genetics in the twos, the maturity group twos and threes. And then as you advance into the fours and fives, they get a little bit better. It'll be interesting to see if, if that can, on the enlist technology, it feels like they're trying to make that different because the bulk majority of the weed acres that are in issue here are in the fours and fives. That's right. And so it'll really be interesting to see. We're, we're putting uh, parent seed in the ground this spring, so obviously we'll be able to see that in some grower fields. But it, it right now, it feels like, from what I hear in the trade, that it might be just a step below in uh, extend at this point, yeah. and and makes sense because they haven't had as as much of a time to get the well, genetics yeah, up to again, speed. It's just simply choices. It takes time to have those choices. It does, and with all this consolidation in the industry, it's really, you know, in my opinion, it's put a little of that behind because you know the companies are still trying to figure out where they're at, where they're at. So <laughs> that's right. uh, trying to get directions tough sometimes. Um, so anyway, uh, we transition to something that's not out yet, but will be fairly soon, and that's Extend ExtendFlex. And ExtendFlex is going to be Dicamba, Roundup, and Liberty. What's interesting is most people uh, don't realize is that Liberty probably could have already been in Dicamba uh, back from an earlier decision, but it wasn't, and that's you know that's the way it is today. But do you when you look at that product, does that help? You know, when you're talking about extend earlier, you're talking about when you get into the late planted, you don't have the choices that you have. If you take, if we make the the assumption that at some point the extend flex genetics would be somewhat similar to extend today, maybe in a little bit of a superior position, maybe would that help with that late having that that liberty tacked onto the back end of that? Oh yeah, I think it would help. I think it would help a whole lot, especially if you got late, especially if you were. You know, a grower that, that had a lot of sensitive crop or area around you, you know, you could, you know, it just gives you, again, the flexibility to clean up what you need to clean up and and probably do it a little safer than you could otherwise. And I even see potential in that system, you know, in the early planted uh, 
earlier planted beans. You know, when you're in that cooler environment, you know, if you feel like you can control the dicamba, you know, you can effectively, you know, if you caught yourself in a window where it was drier than you like, you could kind of dock, you could kind of drought proof the system you were planting into. You know, you could put, you know, if, if the label would allow it, you know, you could, you could put dicamba and whatever pre-emerge herbicide out you were comfortable with. And if it didn't rain, the dicamba extend or whatever you want to call it would hold. And then if it did rain, that would go away and whatever pre would hold. And it would, you know, you could set the stage early, you know, if you were in the environment, you know, that allowed you to do that. So there would be a lot of options there. I mean, I, again, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be a cookie cutter that would fit every situation, but, you know, having those choices and having a clean crop, you know, it's pretty nice. I think that's, you know, as we've talked, I don't know, we probably talk every couple, two or three weeks. That's right. And, and as we've talked over the years, it's, it just the same common theme comes up and that's you got to have choices you, you got to be able to adjust and on the fly there's probably never going to be another silver bullet like roundup that'd be hard yeah i mean it's just one of those things that's you know to to be frank about it i mean that's the most revolutionary trait that ever came along probably the most revolutionary we'll see probably you know hopefully at some point we can get the same kind of control out yes. of a stack but as far as it just being simplistic enough where we can all plant Roundup and everybody sprays yeah, make, and everybody's make, fine. Make two trips and go home. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not going to happen again. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of interesting. What, what my, my biggest thought, which I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, you, know, you have two basically competitive traits coming into the marketplace. You can talk about enlist on one side with the 2,4-D. You can talk about extend or extend flex with the dicamba and the liberty. So you basically have two four D liberty, dicamba liberty. It it'll be interesting to me to see how that splits out when you start thinking about trying to manage that on a farm. Yeah. You know, do you think people will be big enough to farm where they could put one on one farm and one on another and not have to have it, or will you? Do you think one of them just has to ultimately win? You know, I don't. I, I I struggle to see one of them ultimately winning right now. You know, I think a lot of it, I think, would depend on the technology that comes to cotton. You know, I think when you get into your cotton growing areas, whatever technology is the most user friendly around that area and rotation will be what wins. And I don't believe that will always be the same technology that'll be the most user friendly and easy to use you know, around your rice growing areas. And so I don't know, it'd be interesting. And I, and I'm, you know, I don't scout cotton. And so I'm not as well versed on what's so prevalent, um, all the time in cotton. And I think that'd be the, I think that would be what would decide, you know, as a general rule, what growers migrated to. I, you know, one crop we haven't really even brought up today is corn. Yeah. Uh, most of these traits are fairly corn friendly, aren't they? They are. Uh, most of the corn traits that we sell today, most most people don't realize this, most of them contain the Liberty trait as yeah. a marker. And yeah. so the Liberty trait really, if it's in any of these, it has really no issue. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're going to create issues with either one of them, you know, around corn as a general rule. Yeah, because, you know, as you know, you grow corn, but it just seems like corn's gotten bigger in the areas where the weeds, uh, weed resistance originated, That's which is correct. what we call the delta. And That's so right. anyway, and as you move north, obviously corn, most of the corns, 
it's a corn soybean rotation. That's so right. that is one thing to mention that, that they are that, that way. So any any uh any final thoughts you got on this trade packages, on these whole trade packages? No, I'm just kind of anxious to see some of them get to market and see how we can use them. And I would just encourage growers to, you know, try to remember not to, you know, monocrop their system. You know, you may be rotating, you know, rice and soybeans, and that's that's breaking up the monotony. But if you're rotating the same technology through soybeans and cotton, again, you know, you may be setting yourself up to get right back in the same shoes that got us here yeah this and so managing try to, try this to be aware is yeah, be try, yeah try to try to be aware of your program and if you can manage to to stay one step ahead of the weeds you know that's smart to do i don't care what the crop is yeah i agree well man i appreciate you taking the time yeah, i know you're busy it. uh appreciate you coming in and doing this i, I enjoyed it i think it's been a lot of fun so yeah, i do too uh, we're, we're gonna try to do these maybe once a month or so till we get started and see how it goes next next time have a different topic with a different different guest and something that's prevalent though and and relative i should say to to ag so anyway appreciate you coming yep. by and yeah, then, thank uh, you and we'll talk to you guys next time this is the Seedcast, brought to you by armor seed start strong plant armor